Get road trip ready with a service checkup at your local Chevy dealer. They can save you time and money and get the job done right the first time, worry-free. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for current service specials or to schedule a test drive. How are you, Mr. Hockberg? I'm outstanding, buddy. How are you? What's your title? Uh, I don't know. Vice President of Lending. I'm a mortgage guy. You know, I'm not a title guy. I've been doing loans for over 23 and a half years. So How long have you been on the radio? I uh, think 19 years now. Var- various stations here. I think we're, we're going on our fifth year. This here at WGN? Year, WGN, yeah. On, uh, Sunday, on Saturday mornings from, uh, what is it, 10 to 1? 10 to 1 after Lou's show, yeah. After House Smarts with Lou Manfredini. How's that go for you? Pretty good. Yeah. No, listen, we've our numbers have gone up. Uh, Kevin and sales gave us our numbers. Our online numbers have almost doubled in the past three years. You have a, a studio full of guests. All yeah. kinds of topics. Floors, mortgages, student loans, uh, real estate. Divorce attorneys. <laughs> yeah. How, how is that at all? What has that all got to do with mortgage rates? Well, it has to do with your house, right? And if you sat around talking about mortgage rates for three hours, nobody would listen and uh, we wouldn't be as successful as we are. You know. So I just bring in, I try not to talk mortgages. I try not to talk about my topic, I, I put the focus on the experts in the studio and try to tie it all together. If somebody calls in with a credit question or a HELOC question or a mortgage question, we'll take it, but I typically like to take them off air. If we don't have any calls, you know, I'll, I'll slip it in. But uh, I don't think you should hide the fact that you're the more, you, not that you do, but I mean, I think people are especially right now interested in mortgage rates. Sure. Mortgage, how's business on that front? Uh, it's challenging. I mean, we've so, had a, yeah, we've had a 24 month, about this time two years ago is when we saw the freight train go out of control and we saw rates just break out of the fours into the fives. And then by June of 2022, they were in the sevens and we been bouncing around the sevens. We're in June the June of 2022? No, no, no. Yeah, uh, June this of 20... 24. Last year was 23. Right, the year before. Early last year, we weren't paying. Yeah, we were. What were we paying? Seven. Really? Yeah. We've been at seven for a year now? We've been at seven for a year and a half. Huh. Yeah. I mean, we broke out of the sixes in about June. So if you close, I've got an ad running right now. If you if you closed on your real estate loan right. after June of 2022, your rate starts with the seven. Without without a doubt, starts with the seven. I, I was just at uh, the game last night. I know you're a big Timberwolves fan. Great game. If it would have ended at halftime, they would have won. <laughs> uh, but the Bulls came back, won in overtime. Yeah. I, I, I was with the guy who we closed uh, January of 2022. And he's like, yeah, I missed it. I, it was 399, then it went to four and a quarter. And he's like, boy, am I glad I got that four and a quarter. He closed January, right? And um, I'm like, yeah, four and a quarter. We did a great. We, we did. We did you solid there. And he's like, I'm so happy with it. If I would have waited any longer, it would have been higher. And we're talking to him about getting out of PMI now. Two years later, how real is the um, idea that people won't sell their homes because the rates are too high? Hundred percent. Sell their homes. Hundred percent. You think real. there's a lot of people? I, I understand that if you've got a three percent mortgage, you're not anxious to move and and grab a seven percent mortgage, but you're not going to move anyway. Anybody that got a deal at three percent got it three years ago right and most folks after three years aren't moving again so i wonder how or, much or, pent-up demand there is or well you're just looking on the purchase you've got a lot of homeowners that refinanced into twos and threes that have been living there for five to seven years and now they've got seven to ten years right and now they might have had a couple extra kids the kids are getting bigger um you know they want that extra space Jeremy Hogel, Mega Pros Jeremy, Mega Pros Home Improvement, our show. I, I refinanced him into a loan, the low threes. 
He's got five kids. Um, I think six kids. He just can't stop having kids. Five or six kids, a, a wife. And he's like, as much as I would love to move, I can't afford to move because of the ridiculous low rate that I got him back and, and hundreds, if not thousands of other listeners back in the day. Nobody was in an arm back then, right? Nobody's sitting on a loan that's going to uh, uh, adjust some into are, a 6% or 7%. Some are. I, you know, some of our listeners called me and said, hey, I've got a three and a quarter, right? And it's going to be adjusting in the next two years, in the past couple of years. I'm like... Don't do anything, right? I'm like, it's, yeah. you know, you're going to go into a seven. You might as well write it out because I looked at their note and their note said uh, that their rate can't exceed on that specific R more than two points. I'm like, you're a fool to refinance right now. So how does all of this relate to credit cards for you? <sighs> credit, how, how does it relate? Uh, well, we just reached a new record, right? Uh, credit card, total credit card debt in the United States jumped $50 billion to a record $1.13 trillion. So we were at uh, 1.08 trillion. Before that, we were at 1.03 trillion. Wait, Americans are carrying a trillion dollars of debt on their credit cards. Last quarter alone, total credit card debt in the United States jumped 50 billion dollars to a record 1.13 trillion dollars. In addition to that, credit card delinquency rates surged by more than 50 percent last year to their highest level since 2008, according to the New York Federal Reserve. They, they control all the stuff. Now, if you remember what happened in 2008, it was blood in the streets with the real estate collapse back then. And then to top it off with even more great news here, John, auto loan delinquency rates also surged 8% for the first time since the Great Recession. Okay? So, yeah, rosy news out there. I want to go back to the credit card total trillion dollars. Yes, sir. That doesn't mean, though, that people are paying 20% on the trillion dollars because some folks pay their credit cards off each month. Well, then you wouldn't be having credit card debt if it jumped by that much. You, well, I'm not saying everybody off. is paying right. them off each month, but I mean, I was doing the math on 20% plus on a trillion dollars, and that's a lot. That's, that's a lot not, of money. That's not good. Yep. I wonder what percentage of that trillion dollars gets retired each month or is actually being carried over. Well, seeing that uh, credit card delinquency rates have surged by 50% last year, um, a lot of our listeners, I, I talk to listeners all, all the time, they're popping at the seams with credit card debt. And they, the job numbers are great, but what's happening, what I'm, the experience that I'm speaking with listeners is that they're losing their full-time job making 60, 70, 80, 90 grand a year, and they're going to Starbucks making $18 an hour. And if they get 25, if they get 25 hours a week, they'll get health insurance if they work there a certain period of time. So the job numbers are great. Okay, it's wonderful job numbers, but what are those jobs reflecting? Well, you know, if you're leaving a 50, 60, 100, whatever thousand dollar job and getting a job in the 20s or 30s, yeah, it's great. The jobs numbers look great, but those individuals getting those jobs are not great. And the other thing that we're seeing is a lot of our listeners are getting second jobs because they can't make enough money on their first job. So that's also impacting the job numbers, it's skewing it a lot. So how do I take money out of my house to pay off my credit debt then? You do a cash out refinance if you have equity in your home and you- Do most people do that? Yeah. I mean, you, yes. most people have 20% going in, right? Some have 20%. I, I just talked to a guy up north, home appraised for 625. Uh, we did an FHA loan because his credit, he, he came out of a bankruptcy. So we went to 80% cash out, just to give you the details. We took out $90,000, we eliminated, we reduced his overall monthly payment by $1,800 a month. Now I took him from a five a rate in the fives to a rate in the sevens, 
but I know you're going to tell me that that's horrible, and I'll tell you it's not because I saved him $1,800, $1,900 a month, and that's what he had to do. And then hopefully when rates drop at the end of the year, we'll take a look at refinancing him into a conforming loan because you will have eclipsed the bankruptcy rule. Uh, I want to ask you more about that, but while I'm thinking about it, we were talking to Elise Glink the other day. Yep. We were talking <laughs> about the amount of money that people bring to close, mm-hmm. and there's actually, I think, a Freddie Mac program right now that will – Take $2,500 off the closing costs and get you in at 3%. Fannie Mae, yeah. Is it Fannie Mae? Fannie and Mae. I thought um, I thought that we were making it harder for people who were credit or cash stressed to buy homes. And not because we want to penalize those people, but you don't want them in mortgages they can't afford. The biggest barrier to entry into a home, and, and you have to qualify for that, right? You're not going to do it if you're making three hundred grand a year. They're not going to give you $2,500. Yeah, but hopefully they're not going to do it if you're making thirteen grand a year. No, too. no, no, no. You still have to qualify for the home. The largest barrier for any lender out there that, that does what I do is the cash to close. Okay. You've got credit, you have income, and you have assets. Okay, and that's why the assets to close include uh, closing costs. That's why I'm a huge fan of closing cost credits from the seller side, because it it helps the buyer get into the home without shelling out a ton of thousands of dollars in in, in closing costs. They could build it into the uh, price of the home, right? And And finance it. it. I mean, you're financing your closing costs. Fair enough. I I get that. But I'm just wondering if you would comment on... um, the $2,500? Well, one of the reasons that the last time the housing market crashed, we had that bubble, was because people were getting 103% of the cost of the home as a loan. They were getting more than the value. They didn't come in with 80%. They came in with negative 3%. And or is there anything like that? I you I, th- I said, Hochberg says, that there's nothing like that going on these days, no, that I, it's hard to write those notes. It, back in the day, if you if you put a, a mirror underneath your nose and it got fog, you people were getting loans. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Today, you know, you could, yes, you need a mirror underneath your nose to have fog to show you're breathing, but we are doing credit checks. We're doing income checks. We're pulling tax returns from the IRS. We're doing name checks through databases to make sure you're not a straw buyer. I mean, I don't know how you're getting a fraudulent loan through today, right? You know, back in the day, people were doing uh, print shops uh, of tax returns and W-2s and pay stubs, crazy stuff. Okay, there were no doc loans back then where they would lend you money, yeah, right. base 780 credit score, no income, no asset, no employment, right? It was a Nina loan. It was, it was, you know, it went through like poop through a goose. You didn't have to verify anything. Today, you still have to verify for that loan to qualify for that loan. And if you meet certain income qualifications, you, you can obtain a $2,500 closing cost credit from the lender. Okay, let's or pause. Or from here. Fannie Mae. 847 said to David Hochberg, he's in our studio right now, the mortgage guy, are you advising more variable rates now? I wish there were variable rates. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the yield curve is inverted right now, and there really isn't a whole lot of um, adjustable rate mortgages. I would advise you to take out an adjustable rate mortgages when the curve gets back uninverted. You know, it gets back to be being um, lower than where the 10-year is right now, because I love ARMS, right? ARMS are great products, adjustable rate mortgages, when used in the right situation for the right person. The right situation is when you're buying maybe your first home, and you know you're not going to be in that home for a long time. Correct. Or 
you have a son or daughter or you walking down the aisle to get their diploma, like I did with my sister-in-law when her, her youngest was getting ready to graduate, rates dropped and I was able to get her an extra three quarters of a point lower, putting her into a five-year arm because she had just gone through a divorce and I knew that she was going to be selling her home because she knew she didn't need the home anymore. So I put her into a five-year arm at the time and saved her an extra three quarters of a point. They're great products when used effectively. I thought the, the, right the rates situation. were relatively high, that the arms would come out, but it's because of the inverted yield curve yeah, that we're yeah. not getting them? No, the, the inverted yield curve, the short, the, the two years higher than the 10-year. So when, that, when, when the two-year comes back down into some type of normalcy, which experts are predicting will happen at the end of the year, and hopefully 30-year fix will be in the fives, and you'll see arms in the fours. And then when that happens, it'll be a jailbreak, right? Cause, <laughs> no, I, cause, I hope so. Yeah, right? you'll have a log jam will start opening up, and... Because you, because homeowners have picked up an unbelievable amount of equity, okay, over the past four years because of the low rates and the lack of inventory. So you've picked up an unbelievable amount of equity, which you're then going to be able to turn into a larger down payment on another place. And even if you get a rate in the in the fours or the fives, and you're in the twos and the threes, the differential in the payment's not going to be that big of a so deal. So what's going to happen later in the year if the rates go down to five something, and the jailbreak <clears throat> happens, everybody that's sitting on a loan can now sell that house and get a You'll cheaper rate. You'll have a rate. lot of inventory yeah. opening up. Right. So will that lower the prices then of homes or? Well, the, the, it, the, there's going to be a lot of demand for them, too. There's going to be a lot of demand coming back in the market because everybody that got knocked out at, into their parents' basement. So what do you guess is going to happen to real estate prices or values? Continue to go up. I, I don't see any. I, you know, Show me where there's cornfields or soybean fields being blown out like the early uh, 2000s, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they're putting track homes up in the, abundance. Uh, Mr. Hochberg, the current rates were the norm when I bought my home. Yeah. My next home had a, and then my next home had a 10.5 rate. Yeah. I think a lot of people are doing a lot of whining. And if you don't have the ability to pay off your credit cards monthly, stop using them, exclamation point. It's all perspective, right? You talk to seven, 60 and 70-year-olds, these rates are still low, right? You talk to 20 and 30-year-olds, these rates are ridiculous. So I it's know, all- but it does make one wonder, what should rates be? Like 3%, forget about it. No, and, and 13% right. wait. I wonder what a reasonable uh, rate is for a person to pay on, on real estate. Listen, when we get back, so what, what our listeners don't realize is during the past 24 months, the banks have added an extra point on top of what they used to charge for rates. Okay, it used to be two points above what the 10-year was. Okay, and that was for eight, 20 years prior to the, the past two years now, right? So it's now three points above. So if we were back to a normalized market, and, and, and the 10-year today is at four point whatever, we'd have 6% rates today. That's why we have 7% rates today, right? So whenever, you know, because these, these, uh, these no-good bankers added an extra full point on top because they could, okay? They baked it in during the hard time. Just like when you go buy Doritos, yeah, you're paying the same price for a bag of Doritos, but you're paying for eight ounces instead of 12 ounces. That, that's basically what the banks did, okay? You think you're eating the same amount of Doritos, you're not. You're just paying more for less. Well, now you're getting a mortgage. The banks have added an extra full point on top of the mortgage. It's not your mortgage person's fault. It's just the market right now. And until that comes back and there's more competition, they'll start uh, shaving off, and then we'll have a normalized market, and things will get back to normal. I think twos and threes were way too low, right? And I think threes and four high threes, low fives, it is a function is a fully functioning market that people could work with it. 
High threes and low fives, those are different numbers. Well, it's, uh, it's a better range than the low the mid sixes, the high eights, where, or mid eights, where we saw in October of last year. You told me not that long ago. You think 5% is the number. I think 5% by the end of the year will be in the fives. Please ask David Hochberg his thoughts about a credit line on a rental property with no mortgage. I think it's great. I don't know many places that are doing it. Wait, I own the property and I'm renting it out? Yeah, it's an investment property. And now I can get a line of credit against that? Yeah, it's typically the 60 or 70% of the value of the home. We're working with Kane County Teachers Credit Union. Now they're part of our show. I can bounce that listener over to them to see if they'll do it. Most of the, most of the banks like to do it only on owner-occupied property. How long should I wait after bankruptcy discharge to try to get a loan? Uh, home loan. Home loan? Well, it after depends. A chapter, a VA loan, Chapter 13, the day after discharge. VA loan, Chapter 7, two years after discharge. FHA uh, chapter 7, it's uh, two years after discharge, one year after a Chapter 13. And Fannie Freddie, Chapter 13, it's two years. Chapter 7, it's four years. So it depends on the type of program you're going into. But if you file a Chapter 7, I could get you a Team Hockberg secured credit card the day you file to help you start rebuilding your credit. Does the that day have a picture of your face on the card? Uh, it could for extra. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll superimpose it. If they like, what's the rate on that credit card? Uh, I think it's in the twenties, low, high, high nineteen twenty. So that would make it like most credit cards. Yeah. What's the advantage of your credit card then? Uh, you, there's no annual fee. It's through Kane County Teachers Credit Union. There's no annual fee. They report every single charge you you make right away. Uh, if you're in a Chapter Thirteen. Most credit card companies won't touch you. You're toxic. They'll allow you to open up two $500 secured credit cards. You're spending about 1000 bucks a month on toothpaste, toilet paper, tampons, transportation anyway. So their thought is that they'll allow you to open it. So while you're in, in the 13 paying back your debt, you can build up credit. And if you're in a seven and you get your bankruptcy papers filed at the county level, they'll give you a... Uh, you, you can apply the day of, mm -hmm. and, uh, of the discharge or the filing, and, and you'll get a credit card. Okay, we're out of time. Can I just say one quick thing? We started a podcast with oh, a couple yeah, of right. yeah, a couple of police chiefs, uh, four police chiefs, three current and one <clears throat> one retired commander with the Illinois State Police. It's called Behind the Badge, Illinois. Uh, it's going to be up on the WGN. It's it's police uh, uh, police concerns and topics from police chiefs uh, viewpoint. Uh, so you just give you a police officer's leadership's viewpoint of current events. What do I search when I go to the podcast store? It'll be it'll be um, it'll be behind the badge, Illinois, and we have our Vestathon coming up again. I think it's uh, our fifth annual. That podcast isn't dropped yet, though. Uh, we're working on it right now to get it uploaded. We got the first uh, first segment uh, re recorded last week, and we're editing and uploading. Hopefully by the end of the week. I think that'll be huge. <clears throat> yeah, I think people are very interested in policing. Yes, just as a public safety standpoint topics say? yeah uh, from the police chief's point of view yeah. leadership's point of view uh -huh. you know they, they get such a bad rap every single day and now we're going to take it from their perspective so if you've got a um if you've got a question it's behind the vest il behind but behind the vest behind the badge, badge il, IL. behind the badge il at gmail.com if you want us to talk about certain topics and serve and, and, and concerns send me an email and we'll bring it up on future podcasts okay email david hockberg at behind the badge IL. it's just behind the badge it's oh, just, just behind the badge, badge il at gmail okay yeah nice to talk to you about thanks for having me but david hockberg you'll hear him saturday morning too